Welcome to Macintosh and Maude Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today we watched Irma La Douce. A policeman falls in love with a sex worker, Irma, but doesn't want her seeing other men. So he creates an alter ego, a wealthy Englishman who will be her only customer. Seems like a solid enough plan. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh... I hate ending a series on a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I hate it because Billy's been so good up to this point. Yeah. This is a bad movie. And granted, I will say, it is not a bad movie like some of the bad movies we've seen where it's like, there's nothing redeeming to this at all. Mm-hmm. This is just a giant mess of a story and a film and it's more head scratching than anything. Like how mm-hmm. there's a good chunk of this movie watching it where I was like, how did they get it so wrong? <laughs> yeah. Everything about the premise of this movie and like, there's some very interesting gender role reversals going on. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very cool story here, but boy, howdy, nobody edited this story at all. No, it's a big fucking mess. This is a two and a half hour movie. No, like they edited it, but like at one point you said this used to be, this was originally a musical. I'm like, oh, they removed all of the singing, but kept all of the set pieces and exposition that would normally happen within a song. And that's why this movie is this fucking long. And they replaced that singing with physical comedy, Mm -hmm. which is enjoyable to a point. Sure. But at some point, gotta let the words do some talking. Like, if you're not gonna do all the singing stuff, you gotta, like, actually do things. And it it's interesting because oftentimes with this stuff, we're like, well, we can pinpoint, like, five different things within mm-hmm. each category. In this one, it's the writing. Mm-hmm. It's all the writing. Because, like, I think visually, it's a beautiful film. Like, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing a really good job acting. Yeah. But the story is all over the place. And the first two thirds of this movie are just, it's just dragging so hard. What are we doing? Yeah. And then the last third of this movie goes off the rails bonkers. (laughs) It's weird. It's one of the weirdest last thirds of a movie. Like, we get into the third act and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Where did this screwball, silly, almost like Beatles help type comedy happen? Because none of that was there for the rest of this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. It was all a lot more sarcastic and cynical. And all of a sudden it just gets wacky for no good reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a mess. It's a big, big mess. And yet there's a lot that I was still charmed by with it. Sure. I think this is just this is one of those movies where I'm like, I don't love this movie, but I really would like to see somebody else take another stab at it. Oh yeah. Cuz I think somebody can make this into a really fun, fascinating little comedy. Mhm. <sighs> well, the budget for this movie was 5 million dollars. Mm. That equates to 48,500,000 today. You can see it. That set is no fucking joke. I mean, the sets are gorgeous. Like, like the second like we saw it, I was like, "Oh, this really looks like a set," and that's not a, a dig. But it also like the colorings really felt like uh, American in Paris. Oh yeah. Um, it's a, it, it's. I also like the idea of like making it look like an American in Paris while also recognizing that you are supposed to be in the dirty part of Paris. Mm-hmm. That's a fun bit, especially when you're gonna play with the comedy you're gonna play. 
Oh, yeah. Despite our takes on this movie, it made a ton of money. It made $25,200,000, which is roughly $244 million in today's money. So it did very well. Mm. I think a lot of that has to do with the strength of the people involved. This movie is highly regarded. It is. Okay. I, I don't get it. I mean, other than like the performances are really good, but just like the writing on this one is, is a struggle. It's a big struggle. So let's get into it. The play was written by Alexandre Brefort. He wrote a handful of small French films, and he was nominated for a Tony for the book and lyrics for this musical. Mm-hmm. And then our writers are Billy Wilder and I.A.L. Diamond. Okay, we don't like it. I'm curious, Diana, what, what's wrong with it? What exactly is wrong with the story? So, really, it takes just too long to get to the point. But it just does. And then, so, like, we get to that, and then he's just it becomes like a farce and that's not that funny it gets so complicated so quickly Mm -hmm. they're adding all these layers in and and there is a level at which well we're trying to show pair you Mm -hmm. know and the romanticism of it and that's fine but like it still doesn't need to take so long to get there Mm -hmm. i mean the movie's clipping along really well when we find out that he's the honest cop yes up until we get to the point where he's filed, fired from the police office, everything's working great. And then it just completely bogs down in this stuff of, and, and it's stuff that I love of Billy and Diamond really like wanting to mess around with gender dynamics and, and power in a relationship and how these two are going to relate to each other. And that's mm-hmm. all great. But you don't need that much of it. No. After a while, you're just like, is this just an excuse to have Jack Lemon mug more for the camera? Because he's one of the best at it, but I'm getting tired of it. Sure. You're absolutely right. It should be a farce or it shouldn't be a farce. Mm-hmm. And if it's a farce, then let it play out that way. Yes. Have the beats, have it be a silly, ridiculous comedy. Play a couple of these moments of sincere vulnerability and then just let it be light and airy. But if you want to get real, then it it almost needs to be more of a dramedy Mm -hmm. where like, yes, he starts to get into this sort of back and forth with Lord X, but then like the last tail end of this movie should be Irma figuring out that it's him Mm -hmm. and then this wreck and fallout from it and, and like her being unable to forgive him. And then how, how do they reconcile? Do they reconcile? I mean, I think if you're going to go that way and try to tell that tragedy, That's what you've got to do. But it's almost, I mean, it's really interesting because we talked about with the seven-year itch, Billy comes in and George Axelrod is his co-writer for the screenplay. Axelrod wants to be like, well, let's do my play and we can use that as a guide. And Billy's like, fuck that shit. We're going to write in a movie. (laughs) I don't know why he didn't do that here (laughs) because he clearly didn't. I think you're right in that they just literally took the play and said, okay, we're putting it on screen. Yep. What? Because it doesn't make any sense the way the story flows. No, not even a little bit. Well, the only fun note on the script here is that Wilder and Diamond named the lead Patu as a reference to the Pyrenean Shepherd, a breed of sheepdogs found between the northeast of Spain and the southwest of France. In other words, Nestor is a dog. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) I will say, I I will give them one piece of credit. The characters are really well-written. Yes. The characters themselves are very interesting and unique and fun. 
And that, again, is why I'm like, I don't hate parts of me watching this, especially for like probably the first hour. Mm hmm. You know, it gets lost in its own story, but the characters are still really charming and fun. And so it's kind of one of those like it might still be worth watching in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to directing. We have Billy. I think his directing is is fine. It's probably not as good as some of his other stuff, but I think you're still getting all of the same Billy charm and trying to film the stuff. It's just that, again, he, he didn't set himself up with a story that works. Mm hmm. So it's hard to be like he's doing a masterful job. But, you know, when the bits do land, they land really well. The seltzer in the face and the, you know, but that's another story. All that's really funny. The the problem is the script is so bad. So, like, even the best sequences are lost because they're sandwiched between other things. Or by the time we get to them, we're tired. So, like, the sequence of him, like, working super hard at all these different jobs is great it's a great sequence but i don't care because it's like two hours into the movie also we do it twice well like i am fine with like a sequence of him as the cop like doing his job i'm gonna do my job because then it can it's a different play on that later when he's just doing his job it's just a different job it's just unnecessary and so i think like his directing is good because billy doesn't do bad direction but the script is so bad that his good direction cannot save it it's it's drowning under the weight of its own story like this movie is just not good no it's frustrating it's frustrating because there's a lot of stuff going for it Mm -hmm. speaking of stuff going for it let's talk about our main cast we start with Jack Lemon playing Nestor Patu and Lord X, one of the most fun disguise transformations I've ever seen because mm-hmm. you know it's Jack Lemon, and yet when he shows up in the Lord X costume, you're like, holy shit, Jack Lemon. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. And his British accent is quite adorable. Yeah, it's pretty good. Except again, that's where I'm like, Irma should have noticed because he keeps talking in stupid Britishisms. I will say one other fun directing choice. It's not noted here or anything Mm -hmm. like this. Although Wilder did choose to film as a straight comedy instead of a musical because he wasn't comfortable staging singing and dancing for film. So Mm. don't make this movie, Billy. Anyway, but I do love the choice that all of our French characters talk with just a generic New York City type accent. I was like, that's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad about it. They're all supposed to be in the red light district. They're all just kind of gangsters. I was like, this is funny. I mean, he's Jack Lemon. He's doing so much to try to sell the character. And he sells the character. He does. He just can't sell any of the stuff going on. <laughs> but he's still fantastic to watch because he's oh. Jack Lemon. He's just adorable. And, you know, they, these two have such incredible chemistry. And it's still all here. Yes. Like, when they can get past the bullshit... And you just get him and Shirley MacLaine in a room together. It's Mm -hmm. magical. But again, it takes forever to get there. Lemon got married to his wife, Felicia Farr, while they were filming the movie. Billy and Jack Lemon's other frequent director, Richard Quine, were his best men. Aw, that's cute. I know. I like it. All right, let's talk about Shirley MacLaine playing Irma LaDuce, Course, Weezer, and The Apartment. Mm -hmm. A legend of this show. Mm-hmm. Terms of endearment. We forget. We love this woman. Oh yeah, she has the terms of endearment. She's so good. Mm-hmm. She's so effervescent, lovely. And again, 
when you have somebody like Shirley MacLaine, I love the fact that she gets to turn all these tropes on their heads. I just want to give my man nice things. Like, it is both a weird thing to watch from 1963 but it's funny precisely because of the way it's flipping that idea on its head oh sure and she's so perfect at playing it it's interesting because unlike the apartment where you've got this character who's very jaded about life irma's like full of life Mm -hmm. like irma's like no i love what i'm doing and i love the world i live in why would i leave it yeah and that's refreshing and like it's it's all shirley MacLaine. It's it is interesting because we don't typically see her be like bubbly and effervescent because mm-hmm. that's not her like big talent as a character. But, you know, she's very good. And again, chemistry for days between these two. Oh, yes. She signed for the film not having read the script because she implicitly trusted her director and co-star. <laughs> and after working on the apartment, why wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. However, once she did read the script, she was not happy with it. There are no specific reasons why, but she thought even less of the movie after filming it. She called it, quote, crude and clumsy, unquote. Mm-hmm. She, she's not wrong. Uh, however, she did do a lot of preparation. She went to Paris and talked with sex workers about their lives. Oh, I like that. Apparently, they were all very eager, in fact, maybe too eager to talk and answer any questions, and they wanted her to watch them in action. She tried to say no, but the sex workers became indignant and pressured her to watch with one of their weekly customers with three of the girls through a window in the hotel door. She obliged unwillingly. Uh, Okay. (laughs) It's very French for them to go to somebody and be like, why will you not watch us make love with this man? Watch, watch the watch us make love with the man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure without having any context, like what's going to be shown in the movie, like if you're going to represent us, you're going to do a good job. So like you got to see how this works. <laughs> and Shirley McLean, Shirley McLean of all people, yeah, acting wise, being like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this is the life I've chosen. <laughs> yeah. It just smacks of Paris to me. Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> now, who could have been better? First choice for Billy was mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. Ooh, Elizabeth Taylor's great. Billy didn't want to deal with all the bullshit with Richard Burton and that affair. So despite loving the idea of having her, no, turn that down. Mm-hmm. And then who could have been better? Marilyn Monroe. He was going to cast Marilyn in this role. After everything that had happened with Some uh-huh. Like It Hot, they'd patched things up. He really wanted to bring her back. But before they started production, she passed away. Mm. Marilyn would have been so good in this movie. Oh, I I think she would have been great. I think she desperately needs a uh, like. I mean, the, the whole movie needs a, a better script. She with a, a script as good as Some Like It Hot or even Seven Year Itch, which is not a perfect script but still very good. She could have like hit this out of the park. This would have been an Oscar nomination for her. She could have done this so easy. The story. The core story is such a meta commentary on like what she went through in the industry. Totally. But also one of the things I do love about the script, I will say, there is that subversion of the sex worker be not only being like proud of their work, but like, no, like, and then they have a pimp, but like the whole thing is like, no, like I'm proud of my pimp. I want to make sure that like he's wearing the best clothes and he's getting to do 
the the best things. It's very, it feels very like mob wifey, but like in the reverse. And I think that is so cool. And that would have been such a great note for her to play because there are levels of being vulnerable and being eager, but also being like, like strong and like forthright and like, like I'm going to go out, like I'm going to be really ambitious with my career. And that would all have been really interesting while also being like your career is selling your sexuality, which is exactly what Marilyn was doing in her real life. Mm -hmm. Like that would have been amazing. And what's frustrating too about the last third of the movie is that they then just like blow that all up because she quits. She's going to have a baby. They're going to get married and that's going to be their perfect life together. And you're like, God damn it. Like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not how this needs to end. But also, I, I, there is a part of that that's just like 1963. I get it. You're not mm-hmm. going to end the movie that way then. But I mean, with a better script, obviously, it wouldn't save the movie, but it would just be so good. It would be so such a perfect moment for her. Shirley does a great job, but I don't think Shirley loved this role at all. Yeah. So It seems like she just genuinely likes working with Billy and Jack. And so it's like, of course, like, it gets, you know, like, like she said, it can't go wrong. It's like, oh, this isn't the best. Yeah, maybe I should have read the script first. Mm. Finally, being very delightful and surprising, playing mustache Lou Jacoby. Before this, he was in Is Your Honeymoon Really Necessary? The Good Beginning, A Kid for Two Farthings, Charlie Moon, and The Diary of Anne Frank. After this, Penelope, Cotton Comes to Harlem, Little Murders. Everything you always wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask. Next stop, Greenwich Village, Roseland, The Magician of Lublin, The Lucky Star, Arthur, My Favorite Year, who played Uncle Morty, Amazon Women on the Moon, Avalon, and IQ. What do we think of Jacoby in this film? Yeah, all right. Good foil. Very good foil. Good foil. A little uptight. Best written character in the movie, though. Perhaps, yes. But that's another story. That's another story. That was stupid. The seltzer. God, the seltzer. The seltzer was perfection. So good. That's the Billy of it that is always fine. You know what it is? Jacoby reminds me of like a friar tuck to a Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. The big guy who's just like, chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I know what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Somebody doesn't completely. But <laughs> it is funny how much he is like completely figured out the entire ending of this movie until the very very weird take at the end which we're like Mm. what the fuck is this interesting uh i don't know he's very fun but who could have been better Mm. charles lawton billy wanted the former star from witness for the prosecution to play mustache and lawton agreed but he passed away before principal photography began man he would have been amazing oh my god that would have been so fun Oh, Charles Lawton just hamming it up behind there, being ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And you know what he would have done? He would have brought the sort of Stephen Fry Jeeves thing to it. Yes. Where he's very stiff, very matter of fact. And when he's teaching him the British accent, he's getting it very correct. And Jack Lemmon is just a disaster human. That's what Lawton would have brought an extra touch of. I also love the writing with like, Jacoby is like almost a communist bartender. Mm-hmm. So petty bourgeois of you to to refuse this economic system. <laughs> Such a weird character. Oh yeah. God, the movie's so weird. It's so weird. Okay. Arpons. Random people of note. We have Bruce Yarnell playing Hippolyte 
oh man he's not good in this movie oh he's awful which makes sense when you know where he comes from he was a singer and actor who played in a lot of stage roles including curly in oklahoma billy bigelow in carousel petruchio and kiss me kate played frank butler in a revival of annie get your gun with ethel merman and he debuted in camelot he is the quintessential musical theater guy yeah, but you don't get any of that charm from him. Well, no, because you don't have any singing and fucking dancing because Billy didn't want to do it. No, but okay. If you looked at him and Jack Lemon, which one do you think is from musical theater? Jack Lemon. Based on this guy's voice? Yeah. I'm, no, I'm it, talking about acting and like how they're presenting themselves is Jack. It's not this other guy. He is stiff as a board awful i don't think he knows how to act on camera no. i think that's really it i'm sure he, he acted for a long time i'm sure he was a great stage actor cannot act in front of a camera and that is that is a specific kind of talent oh sure herschel bernardi playing inspector lefebvre he was the announcer in the how many licks commercial from tootsie pop really yeah ah i'm inspector lefebvre how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop a one two, a two. A three. A three. <laughs> three. We are so fucking old. Yeah, we are. Hope Holiday playing Lolita. She was Mrs. Margie McDougal, the drunken dance recipient with Jack Lemon in the apartment. Aww. Yes. Joan Shawley playing Amazon Annie. We just talked about her as the band leader from Some Like It Hot. Mm -hmm. She was also the main secretary in uh, the apartment, and now she's the big, tall sex worker in this one. She's very much abroad. She's very brassy. She's very funny. Love it. Howard McNear playing the concierge. This is Floyd the Barber from The Andy Griffith Show. Tura Satana playing Suzette Wong. She was one of the leads in Russ Meyer's cult classic, Faster Pussycat. Kill, kill. Hmm, okay. Bill Bixby playing a tattooed sailor, the original David Banner on TV's The Incredible Hulk. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, wait. Ooh. Playing the soldier with the radio okay. in his first ever film role, because he'd only done small parts on television, mm -hmm. James Caan. Un-fucking-recognizable. I wrote this down, then I watched the movie, didn't think anything of it. Now I look at it again and like, oh my God. Wow. He's the dude that's just dorkily listening to the baseball game. <laughs> and it's fucking Jimmy Khan. Wow. That's nuts. That's the best Arpon I've ever had on this show, maybe. I don't know. The Kevin Costner one was pretty good. Oh, Kevin Costner and Francis is the guy at the door was pretty great. Yeah, because like it isn't until you really look at him, you're like, oh yeah, that's his profile. And you hear and you hear his voice and you're like, Yeah, it's Kevin Costner. Like a little bit, but like if you're not thinking about it, you're not gonna recognize him. <sighs> that's an all-timer though. That goes up there. And finally, as our narrator, Louis Jordan, he was the bad guy in Octopussy. The film was nominated for three Academy Awards. None of them for writing, thank God. It won for Best Adaptation Treatment Score. The music is very good. I will give them that. It was nominated for Best Color Cinematography, also warranted. And it was nominated for Best Actress for Shirley MacLaine. She was shocked to get nominated. She said, quote, I would have been nonplussed had I won it, unquote. She did not win it. Patricia Neal won for the movie HUD instead. Hmm. So... Shirley's really great. 
it's a very good performance, but also it's just like, no. <laughs> like, uh, the apartment, fine. This, no. Stop it. Leave me alone. I'm Shirley MacLaine. All right, trivia. Very quick trivia here. Mm. The Rue Casanova set took three months to build. It had 48 buildings and three converging streets. It cost a total of $350,000. That's about $3.4 million today. Okay. It was a massive fucking set. Mm-hmm. At the time of shooting of the film, the Seine River was heavily polluted. For Lord X to emerge from underwater, Lemon had to be given numerous immunizations, including a tetanus shot, before ever getting in. He said it was the most disgusting thing he ever did for a film. Ew. Like, they filmed that in that actual city river. Oh, God. That's not good. Like, no. That's really bad. I mean, the river's not as bad now. Like, no. I mean, cannot... obviously. But... but it, <sighs> ew. No, thank you. And finally, the pimps union in the film is named the, quote, Max Paris Protective Association or the MPPA. That also stood for the Motion Picture Producers Association, a group whom Billy detested. Shocking. The man always gets the best dig on the people he hates. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of a better way to wrap up our Billy Wilder series. Wow. That leads us to ratings. Ratings? For every film, we have a specific rating system. For this one... It's green stockings. It's green stockings. That's very good. <sighs> I'll go first. Because neither mm -hmm. of us have seen this before. I'm going to go two. Two, okay. I've batted back and forth on this one for a while. Here's the thing. There are lots of movies that I go, uh-oh, like one, one and a half stars. It's just a total, complete mess. This isn't a total disaster. Mm -hmm. It's probably the most messy clumsy unnecessarily long movie i've seen from a master director mm -hmm. so there's still a whole bunch of stuff that works the performances are really good there's lots of really great moments of both comedy and vulnerable romance that billy does so well but as a whole it's just so difficult to get through mm -hmm. it's a slog and there's so much about it that doesn't work they do all this really cool stuff in subverting tropes, and then by the end of the movie, they've gone right back to where it's always been before. Mm -hmm. It's it's just there's there's enough good stuff for me to warrant at least two stars for it, but I don't feel like I can go any higher. It's like a two and a half. Okay, care to elaborate? I I just it's the script is so bad, <laughs> and I just I just it's. There's too much to fix. I really like, uh, you know, Shirley, and I really like Jack, and I love Billy, and like the sets are beautiful, and like the conceit I can get on board with. The rest of it, no, thank you. You know, for all of these movies, for for one of them to be a real dud, mm -hmm. and only one other that we're like, uh, we we'd make some changes, but we're still entertained. Yeah, all the rest of these are bangers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done we've done a few different director series now. This is the one with the absolute highest hit rate. Mm -hmm. Six out of eight of these movies are like up in the four, four and a half, five star range. And The Man Made, maybe one of the best movies we've ever reviewed on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's the he's the best. He's consistently, I can never point a direction and go bad. 
he's one he is one of the greatest directors of all time and it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating because people will start those lists and they'll and they'll start going through people and inevitably his name always comes up and it doesn't matter what genre you're talking about mm-hmm. horror is the only genre where he doesn't have a presence but everything else is just like oh yeah and at some point billy's gonna fucking show up and it's really cool because billy stands apart from a lot of directors mm-hmm. in those in those favorites in that billy is the most practical auteur that we've ever had. Yeah. Because Billy made studio pictures and Billy knew how to make a movie sell. Yeah. I mean, even with this, it still made five times its money. Mm-hmm. Because Billy knew how to make a movie that people would go see. And, you know, all of these, even this one, I'm like, all of these are still really great watches. If mm-hmm. you can find them, unfortunately, a lot of them are only like rent only right now, but like, if you can find them, they're all just great. They're great movies. Oh yeah, I loved watching every single bit of this. It was it was a fantastic series. And so now, Diana, we've had lots of laughs this mm. series. We've had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Let's get much more serious, shall we? Oh, we're gonna get serious now. We're gonna get serious because Diana, we have to we have to do some education. Why? Well, you're bad at history. Oh fuck. We've got to teach some history here. Why? Well, because it's important. History is very important. And often, film versions of it can be quite entertaining, if inaccurate. And so our next series, because we are wrapping up Billy Wilder, is going to be history lessons. Ah, jeez. Okay. Well, look, after last year when we talked about Gandhi and we got into some of the nitty gritty with the history, mm-hmm. it was really interesting to watch how, like, the real history compared with the story. And there was a little bit of like, huh, okay, maybe that colors the movie differently. Mm -hmm. So we've got a slate of movies talking about some history from different points. I'm going to be doing research on this, not just for the movie, but also the history and the accuracy behind it. Mm -hmm. The fun part is going to be not only watching what I think are some really good movies, but also then looking at, okay, how true was this? And, you know, what did the true story have? And, you know, did they just do this adaptation to make a better story for a movie or did they completely rewrite history here? Hmm. I think it's going to be fascinating. We'll have some yucks. There's a really funny movie in here. You know, it's that's history movies. It, it can't all be fun. But, you know, we're, we're going to teach you about history, Diana. Mm. So until next time. Have a good movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.